We've got a guest speaker today. I'm excited. Y'all should be excited too, not just because you don't get to hear me, but because you're going to hear from a man of God this morning. It's going to be great. Um, let me just set this up this way, okay? There are a lot of churches, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just telling you this is the way that most of us have been raised. Um, a lot of us have been in churches where, you know, like the pastor did all the speaking. They rarely ever had anybody come in to speak. And now I know I do a lot of talking, um, but my heart and our heart here is not for me to always have to teach. I think the best thing we can do here is to have a bunch of voices that we hear all the time. And so we're always looking for people that God wants to raise up. And here's why. I mentioned already one of our values to you, that we, we value the unexplainable worship of Jesus. We also value this. I want to read you two of our core values. Um, we value ministry training. And here's what that means. We expect each member to discover and use their spiritual gifts free from the fear of failure. Now, how many of you, if I put this mic in front of your face right now, how many of you, you're, you would just melt into a puddle on the floor just out of sheer panic? Raise your hand. I'm raising my hand because I'm not really big into this stuff either, okay? Um, but, you know, here's the deal. When God calls us to develop our gifts, lots of times that's a little bit scary. You ever try something new? If you try something new, it often doesn't go well the first time, or in my case, the thousandth time. But if you're learning something new, the more you do it, what, what typically happens? You get better and better. I'm not saying this because, I mean, Eugene's going to speak this morning. I'm not saying this because he's going to get better and better. But I'm just saying for us as a church, you just need to understand that this is a culture where we want people to come in and be able to experiment and try and, and man, spread your wings and God just blossom you. Because we so believe that people should be able to do that in a culture free from the fear of failure. And here's the one that I get most excited about. We value spiritual legacies. And we expect the next generation to see more success than the current one. We believe the generation coming up behind us is going to do greater things for God than, than my generation ever could have. So this morning, when Eugene comes, let me tell you how, this, how cool this is. I know that Eugene and Rachel, they have it in their heart. They're, they're, they're seeking God like, God, do you want us to plant a church someday? Do you, want us to do, do you want us to do somewhere else what we're seeing happen in the gathering? And I love that. Because we value the uncontainable growth of the kingdom of Jesus. And so we don't want to just raise people up and say, now that you're awesome, stay here and never leave. I mean, that is what we want to do, right? You know, like, isn't that somehow your kids grow up? And, well, that's why you have teenage years, because that makes you want to boot them out. But anyway... For the most part, you start watching your kids start to blossom, and you're like, but I don't want you to ever leave. I love this. Is like we're having actual conversations with more than one word. Sometimes we see people start to grow up in the, in the family of God, and you just want to, like, stay here forever. But our deal is, our value is, man, we want you to grow and grow. We want you two to grow and grow and grow. And then one day we want God to say, okay, now. And we want to be like the fuel under the rocket that goes, and just helps them get out there. So this morning, I mean, Eugene's going to come and he's going to preach, and I know it's going to be great, but he's not just coming like just a guest speaker to just, he's one of us. And this is part of how God prepares Eugene and Rachel for the next step in their lives. And one of these days, it's going to be you up here. Well, maybe not up here, whatever your gift is, and you'll be launched as well. We value that. We value at the gathering the uncontainable growth of Jesus and his kingdom. And so as Eugene comes this morning, I want you to give him a big gathering hand.
Thank you, Pastor Paul. Everybody doing this morning? Man, tough crowd up in here, boy. How's everybody doing this morning? Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen, amen. I love Jesus. I love worshiping. It's an excitement. When you get in the presence of the Lord and you just begin to just pour yourself out and just allow God just to pour himself into you. Amen. Amen. You begin to experience a, a, a total different level when you begin to worship God and when you begin to praise God because then he's able to pour things into you and speak things into you and you're able just to just to just to soak in that and God can begin to move you in a direction to touch the hearts and lives of others. Amen. I want everybody to stand for me just for a minute. Hope this mic ain't too loud because I got a I got a loud voice. But um I want everybody to repeat this after me. Jesus I want, I, want, I want you to say it like, like Jesus was in this room. Jesus was in, matter of fact, if you was at a game, and I know that y'all Carolina fans up in here, if, if, if Cam Newton was up in here, y'all would be screaming Cam Newton's name like crazy. So I want you to scream Jesus' name like he was up in this room. Amen? I'm, it's not me. I want, you to, I want you to scream Jesus' name. All right? One, two, Jesus! Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Cause, because that's, that's, that's what Jesus wants to hear. He wants you to project your voice so that you can be able to understand that when you scream, when you call his name, he hears you. And you know that he hears you. When you're going down the highway and something about to happen, you scream that name Jesus because you want him to hear it. You want you want something to happen. You want something to take place so it can stop right then and there. So you call Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Y'all may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor Paul and Miss Wendy. Uh, where's she at? She's somewhere. Oh, thank you, Miss Wendy. I want to thank y'all for having me here. It's a wonderful, so wonderful being here. Uh, I'm not going to go into the long story about, you know, how we got together, but um, I got introduced to Mr. Larry because he was working on my sister's house, sister-in-law's house, and um, we just we just clicked. And he was telling me about Pastor Paul's vision, and it was like his vision just like just hit me in the heart because it's like I see what he I see where he's at, I see what he's talking about, and I have a heart just like for Pastor Paul. He has a heart for the people and, and making connections, and I have this man's heart. And it's not by coincidence that I'm just here. I'm not just here. I'm here to learn and sit up under this man and this woman of God for a reason. And it's not just to build the church. It's to have relationship. And it's to learn from people that is doing it better than you and somebody that has the wisdom so that you can glean from them so that you can be able to be the man and woman of God that you need to be. So I'm just glad and I'm just honored to sit up under you and Miss Wendy, me and my wife both. And we just love you so much. And I also love everybody at the gathering because whether you know it or not, I see your lives and, 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 and I learn from each and every one of you. And I just want to thank both of y'all so y'all can give yourselves a round of applause for that. This morning, I got a clip to show you. Um, it's pertaining to um, 
Well, it's always, we always been in the season of how God wants to deal with us as being believers and how we need to um, connect with other people and interact with other people and make connections and speak into the lives of other people and make a powerful impact in other people's lives. So um, just take a look at this clip right here. I didn't exactly nail it last Sunday, Grandpa. <laughs> You stunk the place up, did you? <laughs> oh, man, I did. <laughs> well, I tried to preach. Love your enemies to some soldiers once. I wound up getting a beer bottle thrown at my head. <laughs> Training is never over, you know. Yes, sir. I know. It's a great thing. It's another tough thing. You know, it's always easier to receive grace. So it's often to give it away. And I learned that the hard way. I'm trying to raise you, your daddy. So tell me, what's your choices? Stay on it or move on. What you feeling? How much I like the path of least resistance. <laughs> I feel like I'm failing in what I was put on this earth to do. All I'm doing is cheerleading that church. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. When I feel like my city's about to burst into flames again. You see the same things I see. I want to make a difference, like you did. Mm -hmm. I can't do that, spending 40 hours a week out here in the streets instead of growing my ministry. What is your ministry? Well, my church, of course. Oh, I see. You think you're just going to sit up there in your tower and you're going to wait for this divine message you're going to get from Jesus, huh? So you're going to preach to us how we can change the world. That what it is? Huh? No. It does sound kind of nice, to be honest. <laughs> little classical music, big fire, drinking tea and wearing a sweater. <laughs> What's that mean? Jesus' ministry is out here in the streets, boy. Out here, in the street. I was hoping you'd tell me to turn down the motion and quit the police department. <laughs> you know, Dr. King used to teach us that Sunday, that was the locker room. You don't leave it in the locker room. From Monday through Saturday, the game. That's where it all took place. Hey, you tell me something. Have you really decided to leave the police department? Honestly? No, sir. Is your answer, boy? Amen. That's Pastor, Paul's, that's Pastor Paul's heart. Not just on Sundays. You do not leave what you believe and what you have been taught to go out here to teach other people just in this church on Sundays. Monday through Saturday is where we need to be at on the streets out there. To jobs, wherever you go, whatever you do. Whatever, wherever place you go is significant. It's just not for nothing. Let's um, turn to your Bibles with me real, real quick. If you got your Bibles, wave them in there really quickly. All right. All right. Or iPads or phones. Let's turn to Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54.
verses 2 through 5. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 through 5. When you got it, just say kingdom. And it reads, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stacks. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is the husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Let's turn also to Luke, put a screamer right there in Isaiah 54 because we're going to come back to that. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 through 2. When you got to say kingdom. And it reads, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power. Say power. Power. Say it like you really mean it. Say it like you got it. And authority. Say authority. Authority. To drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom. Say kingdom. kingdom. The kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The title of my message this morning is called The Place. The Place. Let us pray. Father God, I give you all honor and all glory this morning. I thank you for blessing me to be here in the gathering. I thank you for Pastor Paul. I thank you for Miss Wendy. I thank you for the things that you are placing into their hearts to speak into our lives, Father God. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for endowing us with power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit for literally being in us. Thank you for training us. Thank you for making us the men and women that you need us to be for your kingdom. I ask that, Father God, as we begin to read your word and to listen to your word, open up our eyes that we may see, open up our ears that we may hear, and open up our hearts that we may receive your word. In Jesus' mighty precious name we pray. Holy Spirit, just have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message is called The Place. God is preparing each and every one of us right now for our present and future blessings that he has promised us. I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm talking about the greater works Jesus said we would do. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me would do the same works that I do, even greater works. Another Bible version says, truly, truly, I say to you, if anybody believes in me and the works that I do, these works that he would do, he would do greater. Let me give you a brief but small overview of what Isaiah chapter 54 verses 2 through 17 is all about. The prophet Isaiah announces Israel's future hope 
restoration, and blessings that God has promised them. Isaiah foretells a soon-to-occur event and a destined future event at the same time. However, no eye have seen, no ear have heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. If I'm here, my future is way ahead of me. Your future, your future is way ahead of you. So we put our trust and our faith in God because God already have a future set up for us. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Just like Israel, God has given this church and all believers a hope and a future and the ability to operate in the miraculous. This is the place that God will show his grace. This is the place that God will show his grace. God have us in the place. Some of you are at that physical place that you need to be in. Some of you are at that spiritual place that you need to be in. And some of you are not too sure about your place, but you're in a better place than you think you are in. Stay in that place of worship. Prepare yourself in that place in reading your Bible. Keep going back to that place where you speak to God in his presence, and he speaks to you. That's where you will receive and come out with power, authority, and anointing, and God's promises for your life. The place, the place of grace. The gathering is in a unique and significant place in the Lord where he's literally filling you with himself. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. God is placing love, peace, joy, faith, anointing, and bonus in you to operate in the miraculous. You haven't even begun to tap into the resources and the blessings and things God, that God has in store for y'all. You haven't even begun to tap into the resources that God has for y'all. I told you to go back. I told you to set a streamer in, your, um, in Isaiah 54. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. The gathering is not just confined to this, just this place, but shall expand to other parts of the world, cities, states, and towns. And it says, lengthen your cords. And it says, lengthen your, it says, strengthen your, it says, then it says, <laughs> then stretch forth your curtains and for your habitations. The gathering We'll have people that will be raised up from this church, that will be trained, discipled, and sent out to start their own churches as business, and that have creative ideas. Spreading the gospel wherever they go. Whatever God places in your heart to do, do it. It says lengthen your cords and strengthen your stacks. We can lengthen our cords and strengthen our stacks by knowing what's on God's heart. And what's on God's heart is having a burden for the people, bringing them into the kingdom, giving them a hope and a future. Prophesying to the lost about their future, not their past sins, but encouraging them. Let's fill out our note sheets right now. Repeat this after me. 
And I want y'all to say this as loud as you can possibly say it. Because this is us as believers. This is us as a church. This is us just as ordinary people because everywhere we go, we have to demonstrate these things. We have to do these things for other people. Because people are looking at us. People are looking at our lives. And they see how we live. They see how we walk. I mean, you, you might not even be a, a, a Christian, but people are still looking at how you walk, how you talk, how you carry yourself. Because you are in an influence wherever you go. Repeat this after me. My place of significance. No, I need y'all to say it better than that now. Because y'all just, I mean, y'all go on the job, y'all just, be, I'm, I'm just significant here, you know. I'm just, any job. no, when I go on my job, I know I'm there for a reason. And I expect and I look forward to minister to somebody. I look forward to encourage somebody. So I want y'all to say it again. My place of significance. Is to demonstrate, plus proclaim, equals credibility. Now, number one, grace. Grace is God's favor, influence. It means the gifts of God's grace that is given to you through the working of his power. Let me repeat that again. The gifts of God's grace that is given to you through the working of his power. You have the Holy Spirit in you that is able to compel you, that is able to influence you, to influence other people's lives, to speak into their life. Number two, seek the truth. The Bible will tell you who you are, who you belong to, and what you can do. The Bible will tell you who you are, who you belong to, and what you can do. This is your foundation right here. This is what, this is what carries me through, and this is what helps me do what I need to do. This is my instruction manual. I have a saying that I that that you know when I when I when I was sitting up on another pastor, he used to have this saying, you know, and I'm gonna repeat it. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. My life is the better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That, that literally, that, I mean, that explains a whole lot. For me to break it down, it would be a whole lot. But, but it, it, it carries you through and it helps you to understand what this Bible is all about. And it, it makes you understand what your duty and your responsibility is to God and to other people. Number three, change. Somebody say change. Courage is the power, change is courage, is the power to let go of the familiar. It's to let go of the familiar. Whatever you used to doing, God is always changing. 
you have to you have to be in a place where you're hearing the voice of God because God is always speaking. Now, I, I, I have battled with people. I mean, literally battled with people spiritually and, and physically about, well, not, you know, fight them or anything like that and punch them in the face or anything. Now, I, I, I wouldn't try to hit, knock somebody out. Well, actually, but anyway. Um, <laughs> literally had people to tell me that God don't speak to you all the time. But he actually does. You just got to be willing to listen to what he's telling you. Because, I mean, if you, if you look at it, if you are around your parents, you know, they speaking to you all the time. It's like you can't, you can't get rid of them. You're in their house. You got to do what they tell you to do. And even when you leave, those words, everything they taught you is like still drilled in you. Because you go outside in the streets, you go to the clubs, you go to a party, you go to a game, and you do something that's messed up, you're going to hear your mom's apostle be like, I didn't teach you to do that. I didn't raise you that way. Now, you know you shouldn't be doing that. That's not right, Rachel. <laughs> Number four, learn and grow. Learn and grow. Go use what you have been taught. You haven't learned until you step out. Take a risk and do something new. God wants to do something new. I'm going to tell you a story. Now, um, this happened to me several times during my particular, me, this happened to me, like me literally, this happened to me during the time I was working on this sermon. I had, even, I had finished it. It was I had finished it like months ago, but it was still working with me, still dealing with me. Uh, I, was, I was really, really fiending to go, fiending me, and I was like desperate. I was really desperate to go to the Dollar General because I wanted to get some pencils and stuff because, you know, I'm always writing. I run out of pencils a lot, especially the lead ones. You got to, you know. And I really, really wanted some pencils, but I never got a chance to go. It was like three weeks later before I went. And I was like, that's not like me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, when I need something, I usually just go get it. I don't, I don't mess around. I just go get it. And all of a sudden, I started to feel bad, you know, because I got high blood pressure or whatever like that. So I was like, man, I need to go check my high blood pressure and see, you know, how everything is going and see if I'm all right. So then I had to go fill out an application somewhere, so then I had to go do that. So I tried to take care of everything at one time. Now, my attention was just to go to the dollar store, come in, I mean, go in, get what I needed, and go out, because that's what I usually do. I don't, try to, I don't try to, you know, minister to nobody or nothing, because I just be like, look, let me just get what I need to go get, and that's it, and I'm out of here. But this particular reason, I went to check my high blood pressure and all of that, I took my application, and next thing you know, I wound up in Dollar General, and I'm looking for the pencils. Now, all the Dollar Journals, they pretty much are made the same. The store is made the same. You know, you can go in the section, and it's right there. The third aisle, right there. That's where the books and the paper and the pencils are, and you can just get what you want and go out. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around Dollar General in Locust, and I'm like, hey, where's this pencils at? 
And I didn't want to ask nobody because, you know, I just, you know. And so I'm like, man, where the pencils at? I passed them three times. Now, while I passed them three times, it was this lady that was in the next aisle over. She was talking about her, her blood pressure, how bad she was feeling, how she couldn't, you know, really function at the particular time, how she was feeling weak and nauseated. Now, I usually have an ear of them because when the Lord says something and I catch, my, you know, he, and I catch what he's saying, it's like, it's like a light bulb come on and it's like, boom, all right. I hear this lady, Lord, but, you know, I'm, I told you, I'm just here to get these pencils and I'm going out because I need to do what I need to do because I want to get back home. I'm not trying to minister to nobody. I told you that. So let me just go do what I need to do. Now, that might sound like it's mean. And I'm sitting up here talking about y'all need to be out there, you know, ministering to everybody. But there's a method to my madness. Check it out. So what I do is I just, you know, I ignore it. I know it's God talking to me. So I say, all right, you know, I hear the Lord. I'm going to just go in the car and just pray for her. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just pray for her, call it a day, because I don't need to go up to her personally. You know, God can hear your words, and he can do what he needs to do without you going up to somebody. So I'm making all these excuses. So make a long story short, I go out there in the car. I start praying. The Lord still pounding me in my heart. And he's like, you need to go in there. Remember your sermon? Remember what you said, you know? How you need to pray for those that are sick? How you need to encourage them? I was like, man, listen, you the one who gave me the sermon. You don't need to tell me. I know this already. You know what I'm saying? So I said, all right. I finally go back in there, and it's a little girl standing there with her. I was like, oh, man, I didn't even see this little girl. I'm not doing this mess. I'm not doing this. You know, make me look crazy. So I, said, I finally said, all right, all right, all right. Miss, you don't know me, this, that, and the other, blase, blase. You know, I just want to pray for you. You know, I ain't give it a whole spill. But, and she said, yeah, you may pray for me. So I prayed for her. I was in the right place at the right time. You understand what I'm saying? It took three, it took three weeks for me just to go to Dollar General. It don't take me three weeks to do nothing, especially go get some pencils. All the way in Locust, there's a Dollar General in Albemarle. I could have went to Albemarle and just got my pencils at the Dollar General there. You understand what I'm saying? Your place is significant. Take a risk. I took a risk. Because I'm used to familiar things. I'm used to, you know, doing what I need to do. That's it. You know, the lady needed me. She needed Jesus. She needed somebody to pray for at the particular time. And it wasn't up to me to try to figure out whether she got her healing or not. I did what God told me to do. He handled the rest. To take a load off of y'all. Whatever place you will, wherever, wherever you go, whatever you do, and God give you an instruction to do something, don't worry about whether you did it or not. Do what God tell you to do and say the rest is up to Jesus. It takes the load off of you. Amen? All right. Number five, power. Power. As Christians, you model an attractive supernatural power that meet the needs of others. 
Jesus met that lady need three weeks later by me going to Dollar General. And that, that's not the first time that happened to me. I'm going to give you another story. I'm going to tell this really quickly. Another time, I went to Bible college all the way up in Columbus, Ohio. So my main reason to go up there was just to get my degree and come on out of there. You know, Bible college kids, you know, we, we feel like we have it all. We know it all. We know scripture. We know theological. We know everything. So we're going to try to go up there and act like we all holy spiritual, you know, that we can quote the Bible, lay hands on people, watch people fall out like Benny Hinn, you know, Benny Hinn. You ever know Benny Hinn? You, you ever seen that? You try to throw his hand across everybody and everybody in the chairs in here, just fly out. We, you know, we think we're going to do that. We, we want something like that. So I finally go to the store. No, the pastor said when he came to the Bible college to, to speak to us, he said, boom, I want everybody to wear their suits and get prepared for me to come to the school next week because I'm going to speak to everybody. Boom. I heard what he said. Now, I go home, I tell my wife, you know, I'm going to put on my four-piece suit. I'm going to look debonair. I'm going to look good. You know what I'm saying? And so he comes and I get to the school, nobody got a suit on. Nobody. I'm the only person in there with a four-piece suit on. I look like a, I thought I looked like a fool. I was like, what's going on here? Did anybody hear the man of God speak? Next thing you know, okay, I have to go to the store again. I had to go to the drugstore and get something. I'm standing in line, and it's this lady talking on the phone, talking about her mom's. How she need this, how she need that. A light bulb come on. The Lord was like, look, I need you to speak into this lady's life. I need you to tell her what I need you to tell her right now. And I'm like, look, I told you, I am not here to speak into nobody's lives. Lay hands on. I am here to only get my degree and I want to go home. I want to go back to North Carolina, do what I need to do. Boom. Next thing you know, I go back in the car. You know, I got this thing with the, with the car thing. You know, when, I, when you got to pray and just, you know, I don't know what it is. But anyway. Um, I prayed for her. And she was like, I needed that. The Lord had been, been telling me for the longest that I needed to give my life back to him. And you just confirmed it because he had told me something last week that I needed to do and I didn't do it. And I was like, man, that's God. That's God. We model in an attractive supernatural power that meet the needs of others. Each and every one of us can meet the needs of others. We have to be aware of who's around us and what they need. Because God will tell you. I didn't just come in contact with Pastor Paul and Mr. Larry for nothing. It's significant. My place is significant. Say, my place is significant. Proclamation, number six, proclamation. It means to proclaim. Say, proclaim. proclaim. No, say it like with some authority. Proclaim. proclaim. That's a little bit better. Eagerly communicate God's message to others. Eagerly communicate God's message to others. 
Be eagerly, be eager to do that. Be ready to do that anytime, any moment, anywhere, any place. Because wherever God plants you at, wherever you at, whatever you're doing, it's significant. There are people around you, there are people around you that need to hear from God. Now, you think that everybody that's out there, you know, go to church. A lot of people don't go to church. They tell you they go to church, but they don't go to church. See, we come to church. We go to church because we expect to hear a word from God. We expect for God to intervene in our lives. Now, they expect the same thing, but in a different way. People expect, you know, for God to, you know, give them money, you know, money, house, car, and all of that. But it's more than that. People want, God wants to impact people's lives in a way where wherever you at, that word is directly and specifically for them. For God to do what he needs to do. Number seven. Praise. That's what we was doing today. And it's not significant. I mean, and, 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 and it's, it's all wonderful because Pastor Paul was just saying stuff. I don't know if you know what he was saying because, you know, that's the way God operates, you know. Um, praise. In the midst of adversity and as people get healed, delivered, and receive salvation, maintain an attitude, maintain an attitude of gratitude and praise God for everything. Because sometimes, just like with, all, with, with both situations, I could have got caught up and said, it was me that prayed for that lady. It was me. That healed that. It was me. That it was me. No, no, no. It's not me. How much should you? How much glory should God give His boy? Zero. Zero. I want zero glory. I want God to get the glory. I want God to get the honor. I want God to get the praise. Because once I give it to God, I don't have to worry about being puffed up. Because none of this, anything that I'm doing, doesn't happen because of me. I'm just a vessel. God has you in a place of great significance. So through you, he can touch the lives and the hearts of others. Because he needs them to be in their place and receive their miracle. Just as with you. Somebody told you that Jesus loved you. And that he is real. Somebody had to come up there and tell you. So God used another person to make a connection with you to tell you. You're in the right place. The place of creating change and being an influence. God has created you for such a time as this. To speak into the lives of others, to prophesy to the lives, prophesy in the lives of other people, to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. God has created you for such a time as this, people. 
to be an influence in the lives of other people. Whatever, you being, whatever we are being taught here at the gathering is for us to use Monday through Saturday wherever we go. Be aware of your surroundings. Understand you have an enemy also to try to stop you and make you think that you're not even capable of doing what God tells you to do. But you are capable of doing what God wants you to do. Because God has chosen you for such a time as this. You're in a place of favor, grace, miracles, signs, and wonders. Did anybody in here, raise your hand if anybody in here has something that was done by God that you know without a shadow of a doubt it was God? Look at that. Look at that. That's the place that God will show his grace. That's the place that God will show his grace through you. Now, we said a lot of stuff today. But the big idea, the one thing that I want you to remember about the place, the place where God will show his grace is this. Whatever place you are in and wherever you go, it's significant. The grace of God is with you to demonstrate miracles, signs, and wonders. To demonstrate miracles, signs, and wonders. To proclaim God's word. Eagerly communicate God's word. You have the boldness. You have the spirit of God in you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, and give God praise for everything. Give God praise for everything because he deserves all honor and all glory. And at that particular time, you may not even think that what you have done for God, it even mattered. But trust me, it's more effective than you think it is. You have done God a great service because he used you at that particular time to do what he needed to be done. You're in the place where God will show his grace through you, in your homes, in your jobs, in the streets, the place, the place. Amen.